You are listening to the Next Best Picture Podcast, and this is our review of The Greatest Show. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. I am not a stranger to the dark. You're still just the Taylor's boy. Better luck with your next job. Those people will never accept us. This isn't the life I promised you. Not even close. But I have everything I want. together a show it's a place where people can see things they've never seen before <laughs> okay who's that and what is your act i don't have an act everyone's got an act people aren't gonna like it if you put us on stage oh i'm counting on it well, i believe those are the words of a scoundrel a showman whistling just a showman don't listen to them they don't understand yet. But they will. So tell me, do you want to go? Where it's covered in all the colored lights. Where the runaways are running the night. Impossible comes true. It's taking over you. Oh, this is the greatest show. Does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? Did these smiles seem fake? We have more protesters every day. You're risking everything you've built. Well, how do you think I built it? The world was ashamed of us. But you put us in the spotlight. You gave us a real family. Have you no shame? Father, the world is changing. Ever made a difference by being like everyone else. All right, everybody, you were just listening to a trailer for The Greatest Showman, and the story is as follows. Inspired by the imagination of P.T. Barnum, The Greatest Showman is an original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. The film is starring Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zendaya, Michelle Williams, Rebecca Ferguson, and a few others as well. It is directed by Michael Gracie and written by Jenny Bix and Bill Condon. Joining me for this review, I have Dean Kiazese. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. Happy <laughs> <laughs> uh, I figured we could, you know, do this whole review in song. Um, <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Right? It's everything you ever wanted, and it's everything you ever need, and it's right here in front of you. Um, no, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, those are lyrics from uh, The Greatest Showman, which the marketing has uh, very heavily uh, told us is by the same lyricist as La La Land, uh, hoping to get those butts in the seats here for the holidays. Now, walking into this, Deanne, um, I had expectations um they were very very low i don't know if that was uh the right thing or not uh suffice to say i'm gonna let you actually uh go first on this one uh what did you ultimately think of the greatest show oh gosh all right so this is gonna be rough i um so uh, those of you who've listened to me on this podcast you know i'm a huge la 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 fan one of my my favorite wins of oscar history i love musicals in general this is my genre this is my wheelhouse I um, was offended by this movie. 
Oh, I mean, in more wow. ways than I could have imagined. I think the first, I mean, the first thing that just offended me as I'm watching it is that the Golden Globe nomination went to that instead of the big sick. That just bothered me the whole time I watched it. But secondly, I found the storytelling um, just like very trite and strange. And I like was trying to like balance my thoughts of this kind of historical figure and what he created with the circus and this whole idea of bringing together unusual people and celebrating them, um, all of that. I was trying to balance and, and try and receive that message from this film, but I found it offensive because to me, I felt like it was like Hugh Jackman was Batman rounding up the Justice League or something. And mm. then the way that it all came together, I, I just felt that it was not really celebrating that as much as um, I don't I, Explo- I just making, exploiting it. Yeah, kind of exploiting it. And, it. and and then in addition to that, I found um, some of the set pieces very off putting. I mean, I just I didn't even understand. They just look so fake to me and so contrived. The dancing, uh, there was like this running scene between Michelle Williams and um, Hugh Jackman in the beginning where they're running around the rooftop. But it's clearly not even it's so obviously not them. Oh, they're it's like clearly this- also a mat a matinee painting in the background. Like, yes, not, yeah, like, yeah, this weird sprint dance. It I really, just- <laughs> really looks like a set. Um, yeah, it almost felt like at times you ever see you've seen Chicago, right? Yes. You know how yes. like Chicago is deliberately made to look like it's happening on a stage. Exactly, and it works. Well, that, that's what this looked like in a way at times to me. It really did. Yeah, it was. So that part was throwing me out, um, and just kind of the rush storytelling. And then I think the other part for me too is that you know I think there was this hunger of like okay, well, there's actually a, a really kind of interesting story here around this human, um, and uh, but it, I don't feel like this story told any of that. I almost think it tried to glorify a lot of things and kind of just sort of roll over things like around the animal piece and some of the things that really you know probably led to some of his decision making, um, and so. That's it. I, I just I had a hard time. Now Zendaya is beautiful. Rebecca Ferguson is beautiful. They they had some lovely moments. I thought, but outside of that, I was very frustrated. Um, they should have called this movie the Greatest Show. Yeah, not the Greatest Showman, because I do feel like it is a misrepresentation of who this man really was. Right, and it's such a cookie cutter, uh, spoon fed, you know, version that. It, it did feel disingenuous to me while watching it. I, I felt like this is so cheap and it's all a trick that they should have just called this movie The Greatest Show. Um, and that's like the name of the first song that you know happens in the movie. So why not call it that? Because ultimately, the film is all for show. It's playing a trick on its audience. It is presenting a figure who was not you know, this role model uh, of necessarily like imagination and hope and everything else that this film tries to paint him out to be. And instead, he was a racist uh, individual that exploited all of these people for profit. And there's a lot of other factors involved there. But what really like it, 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 I wouldn't say like it offended me as much because I understand the need to want to create, um, crowd-pleasing films. I understand the demographic that this film is aimed at. I think also, too, it achieves what it sets out to do. Um, I think that, I mean, in my audience's reaction to it, I think was evidence of that. Everyone burst into applause when it was over. 
So people clearly enjoyed it and had a great time with it. With that said, it's very, very, very digestible. Uh, there's nothing controversial or any daring storytelling or anything whatsoever that would make you think that this is of interest. Um, it it kind of just, it, you know, you were talking about before about how some of like uh, some of the story beats were like a little um, off putting at times. You know, one one example of this is the way Zac Efron's uh, character meets Zendaya. And, you know, they have, like, an attraction to one another. Mm-hmm. I, I hate this in movies. It's just because they're two beautiful people. Right. Yeah. And there actually is no act or um, spark of anything that... Right. They don't build to it at it's all. It's just like they, they just see each other. And he's like, who's that? Oh, my God. Like, she's gorgeous. And, you know, we never understand why she ever really kind of falls for him in a way. Other than the fact that he's Zac Efron and he's gorgeous. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? So, like... Everything about this just does not ring true to me while watching it. Um, even hearing uh, P.T. Barnum like talk to his daughters about, you know, having imagination, having hope and having dreams and so on and so forth, whatever it might be. Um, I couldn't even because that's like the bare minimum, right? Like we should all be able to watch that and go, oh, that's very sweet. That was like tarnished for me because of other examples in this movie where they did not accurately portray true events ultimately for us and and also too even fictionalized events in a manner in which it was believable right it was just sort of rushed along like you were even that's a good point definitely on Zac Efron and Zendaya but also even Michelle Williams and Hugh Jackman and their connection is it almost feels kind of forced through that whole first you know 20 minutes oh so you know I like the whole kids you did I I thought it was cute you know and here's this kid who comes from nothing and he's romantic and she's drawn to him because he's not like all the other gentlemen in her life you know I get it like that's the thing about this movie is that it's like i'm willing to forgive a couple of things just simply because it's so easy the storytelling is so easy to accept you know what i mean because it's just so cliche and so on the nose and i also think too here's another thing that um i think is kind of helping me maybe a little bit here um this is this is this might be the most surprising thing to hear all year this is this is not garbage to me um this movie um I actually have to admit that I really enjoyed the music and I enjoyed the songs and this being a musical, that to me is the most important aspect. And that went a very, very long way for me to be able to accept um, some aspects of the storytelling. And ultimately, in the end, actually rather enjoy myself um, a little bit more than I was anticipating. Mind you, this, I, I'm not positive on this movie, um, I'm, I'm, but I'm also not... Uh, worst of the year, bah humbug. Merry Christmas to all you fuckers. I hate everything that's good in this <laughs> I world. I guess that's going to be me this time. Yeah, the roles have been reversed, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was actually really surprised. I expected to at least like it. I mean, look, I, I don't hate, there, there were certainly nice moments, and I agree with you on the music. There, Hugh, Hugh Jackman has a few songs that I thought were really great. Like I said, I really liked Rebecca Ferguson, and I liked her number a lot. There were some things that I didn't like about her story arc, and and again, it just sort of plays into my issues with this depiction of the main character as I, I, I just didn't like the way they sort of portrayed her almost as some sort of manipulator and all of that. Mm. I, I just I thought that was a little strange. Well, you know what it is about Hugh Jackman? It, it, you know, he's not portrayed as a fully three dimensional character, at least as, That's as right. far as I'm like, to, like, yeah, it's like he has no flaws. 
Exactly. Um, you know what? You know what would have been a flaw if his uh, storyline with Rebecca Ferguson was not initiated by her. Right. That would have made his character so much more interesting. That's exactly where I'm coming from. <sighs> He's just made out to be such a good guy. And it's like, no, he wasn't really a good guy. Um, and, and, you know, there's other aspects to it. Like, for example, um, when he goes to visit Charlie, who's the, um, the dwarf uh, mm-hmm. uh, character in the movie, and... He goes to his house and he tries to convince him to be a part of, you know, his his act. And Charlie's like, no. And he slams the door on his face pretty much. Hugh Jackman or the writers or whoever, it's like that the line. shittiest convincing job I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm like, there's no way this there's guy no way that the door gonna work. <laughs> yeah, and he's now gonna be like, Oh, you said a few lines. Okay, I'm in now, bro. <laughs> like, I can't even remember work. the line. Do you remember what it was? <laughs> it was something about him wearing a uniform and coming oh, out on right. a horse a and general. everybody's gonna marvel at him and you know. Right. <sighs> Just that that did not work. Um, yeah, and there are many examples of that in this movie where just the dialogue is very on the nose. It's very, very um, just like I said, very digestible. I mean, the movie's short; it's only one hundred and five minutes long, so it doesn't overstay its welcome, in my opinion. Um, but then you just have moments like that, or or oh god. Um, <sighs> There's a scene in the movie where the quote unquote the oddities or freaks or whatever you want to call them in this movie, they have like a fight scene mm-hmm. that is so ridiculous. Yeah. Ugh. And I just I just have to like question um I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and like some of those moments, like we're in front of the queen, and then like the snarky comment to the queen, and the queen laughs. That was so (laughs) ridiculous too. Oh my god, I yearned for the crown in that moment. I know. Like, like, give me Claire Foy. What the hell is this? (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh, The other thing that I have to um, say made me laugh really hard was when he finally kind of gets to the point where he can afford to buy a house and I just laughed so hard because in that same scene he finally gives his, his daughter these ballet slippers she's wanted for like god knows how long and like I'm like you know we could have got her probably at some point you probably could have afforded afforded those ballet slippers you know a couple of years ago before yeah. the mansion I almost I almost <laughs> felt like it, it was really funny you say that because uh what went through my mind in that scene was you know, he gets Michelle Williams and his family this nice big house and mm-hmm. it's everything that she ever wanted, everything he ever promised her. And, you know, then he uh, points his daughter in a direction when she has like this big playhouse that's like bigger than her to like play with. And then he gives yeah. his other daughter like this tiny little box. And, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just kept saying to myself like, oh, girl, you deserve more. Where's your playhouse? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. But moving away from like the little things like that, um, some, some other you know, big things here uh, really come around to the the music, as I was saying mm-hmm. before. Um, probably the most important part of any musical is its songs. And I, I was just curious, uh, Deanne, um, how did you feel about the overall singing, the choreography, uh, the the songs themselves? Like, did you find that they were memorable? What did you think? Yeah, I had I had highlights for sure, and and some low points. Um, my, I, like I said, I really liked Rebecca Ferguson's number. I liked the introductory number, um, you know, kind of setting the stage for where we were going. Um, I will say this is maybe a little bit of a strange reference, but um, did you watch? Um, do you watch American Horror Story? I used to. 
Yeah, so the, the, one of the last seasons I watched was the freak show season. And there was something, you know, just kind of interesting thinking about that because there was this scene where Jessica Lange sings this David Bowie song, and it sort of, like, sets the stage for this whole uh, world, like this freak show world. And I kept thinking about that and actually comparing it to that and feeling like I just liked a little bit more of so, sort of some of the gravity and, and almost a little bit of more of the darkness that was coming from th- that other version of that that I saw. So those were the things going through my head. I, I But I liked it. I thought Hugh Jackman's singing and choreography and, and movement was great. Um, the Like I said, the Michelle Williams and Hugh Jackman song on the roof missed a little bit for me. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was a little strange. And I really don't think they were dancing. I think that was someone else. I, I Yeah, there were many times where you can clearly spot yeah. that there are doubles and there's CGI and uh, there's obviously a switch somewhere. Um, there's a lot of interesting camera tricks in this movie that I, I was constantly like kind of wowed by it all from like a technical standpoint of, Wow, like these are these are some really complex, hard set pieces to pull off here, and this director here, um, who I, I I've never heard of. Apparently, this is his, his debut film. I think his name is Michael Gracie. Um, I think he's only done commercials. Um, I, I was very impressed with some of the staging in in them, um, and some choreography, like we were saying, the dancing, especially like by Zac Efron, Hugh Jackman. But then, you know, when you throw in a body double or, um, you know, a CGI, whatever the case might be, it does kind of ruin it for me a little bit all of a sudden because now I'm just like, hmm, you know, maybe there was a way to possibly use the real people and get around it. I also did feel, too, that there were times where the tracks of the music was not matching up with the actors' mouths. I don't know if you got that too. At I all. didn't catch that. Huh. I don't know. I, I felt like there were times where it's just like we've we become so accustomed with like watching uh, live singing. I feel like in a lot of movies nowadays, um, right. ever since like Les Mis, and that's like been the whole the whole thing. Like you know, you have stuff like that with La La Land and Inside Lewin Davis. Right, that's true. Yeah. So it is a different feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you go back to like the studio versions uh, mm-hmm. stuff, it, it reminded me more of something like Moulin Rouge, Great Gatsby, uh, especially Great Gatsby. Th- this movie like screams Great Gatsby to me, in, in in the sense of like the spectacle and just the overblown nature of everything. Um, right. But uh, one thing I will say that I really did like about this movie, um, also, because um, I did like the songs. I I, de- I did download the soundtrack as soon as I got out of the theater. And I started listening to the songs on my way home. Um, I did like the cinematography by Seamus McGarvey. I thought that some of the shots in this movie, um, you know, just from a lighting standpoint, the use of color, the camera movements, um, I I thought they were uh, pretty awesome at times. Uh, You know, there were a few shots in particular that I thought, oh, if you freeze frame like that shot right there, that, that goes up on a wall. Like that is exquisite, you know? Yeah, definitely, and the the use of color was beautiful. Um, I also I, I I was I really actually kind of loved and hated the Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman number with where they were like oh, drinking the, the shots. I loved and hated it. Yeah, and they, and they both got alcohol poisoning because nobody can possibly drink that much. Yeah, there was a lot of that. And then I, I just laughed out loud because Zach Everyone like, puts on his scarf and his coat to leave, and then he takes it off again, and I'm pretty sure he puts it back on <laughs> one or two more times. <laughs> I didn't. Well, I mean, like, he's trying to walk out on him. Like, he's trying to turn yeah. down the offer, right? I mean, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I mean, it was just meant to be. It's meant to be, like, just everything you just said. It's not meant to be La La Land. It's, you know, and, and, it, and it had a different, it was going for something different. And maybe that's part of my bias. I don't know. But 
Um, it's certainly there's worse days at the movie. La La Land is definitely more stripped down, less. Uh, it's, it's a le- it's more stripped down, less spectacular. La La Land is meant to be like more of that human connection you're supposed to feel with those two characters, uh, Sebastian and Mia, right. because it's just the two of them, you know, dancing and you know dancing badly too and singing badly, and I think that. I think that level of like you know that that human flaw there is something that allows us to latch onto them. Here, it's like everybody's just perfect and everybody is just so good at what they're doing, and um, it it just feels almost hollow in a way. Uh, but then again, I st- I did start saying to myself, man, you know what? What does it say about me if I walk out of this movie and I say that this film did not um, make me feel good? Am I really that cynical? You know, right, I know. <laughs> like, because I feel I like this movie, moments. you know, no matter how you feel. Um, there are times where the songs are playing, then the musical numbers are happening, and, and you just can't help but get caught up in it, especially if you just have an ear for good music, you know? That's true, because the, the songs really are good, and there's some really memorable ones. Yeah, like This Is Me is gaining a, uh, gaining a yeah. lot of acclaim right now, and it's Golden Globe nominee, um, might be uh, the Oscar-nominated uh, song for the film. I, I don't know. I, I When I heard it, I thought to myself... Uh, it's standard. It's nothing really special about it, but it's like a rousing number, and it's something that really could, you know, get a crowd excited. I, I could definitely see them performing that at the Oscars uh, live. Yeah, definitely. What did you think about the big bad film critic? Oh God, um, <laughs> I can't remember that actor's name, but he's like in House of Cards. And House of Cards, and he's he's morose. Oh my God, Paul Sparks. That's Paul his Sparks. name. I I definitely think he is the most wooden deadpan. Like, does not show like any collection or emotion other than uh his one performance in boardwalk empire where he played um uh, god mickey jesus christ i can't remember his name right now but uh he was in boardwalk empire and that performance had a bit of like flair to, to it. it but yeah and yeah. everything else i've seen him him in since then i'm just like this guy is just so boring you it's know? too much it's too boring yeah yeah I, I can't stand him uh what'd you think of jackman i thought jackman actually pulled this off i mean for what he was working with um, and you know, I, I think uh, his I I lo- well I love Les Mis and I love his singing voice and I like his presence. So it was interesting to not hear that rough uh, Les Mis singing voice because that was obviously done live, you know. So right, it's not, so he's very refined in this. Yeah, very much so. He works. I mean, for what he's working with, for what what the movie was trying to do. Oh yeah, no, nobody's given like complex characters or interesting plot lines no. or anything. So. But he could have also played someone with a lot more depth, and I think maybe made this a different type of movie. But to your point, that's not what they were going for. Nope, so. not what they were going for. But what they do go for, I think that they succeed. Um, let's get to final thoughts. Great out of ten, Oscar potential. Uh, Deanne, take it away. Um, I think that there'll be sound, um, or excuse me, song. Song is my only thought for Oscar. Not it sound. could be sound. You never know. Maybe sound. Um, and my grade is a five out of ten. Oh, that's really funny, actually, because I thought that you were going to be lower than me on this. I, 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 I too am a five out of ten, actually, um, because I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it either. And uh, you know, I thought about giving it a four, but. I, I moved it up a star rating just simply because, um, like I said, the songs just ah, music has such power. It really does. It does. Uh, I don't and there know. There are how. some good performances. Yeah, I mean, I, I just saw Hostiles the other night, and if it wasn't for like Max Richter's score in some scenes, I just would have been so, so depressed. Um, so the, the levity of this was appreciated. Uh, in, in many ways, in many ways, yeah. I, I yeah. got out of like what was easily the most depressing movie of my life, and maybe that's why I like this. 
know, yeah. seven <laughs> hours later, I'm watching The Greatest Showman, and it's, uh, it's everything I ever want, it's everything <laughs> I ever need, and it's right here in front of you. And you got to do it for the podcast, Maddie, so, yeah, I was obligated <laughs> to see this. In any event, though. Um, I thought it worked out just fine. I'm, I'm, I'm very okay with seeing it. Um, in fact, I actually... Pleasantly surprised. I actually am ready to recommend uh, to those that are listening, if you are looking to take the family, to see something very easy over the holidays. This is okay. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I did not think I was going to say that starting uh, I didn't think starting you were off either. the morning. <laughs> but I did I, not I, expect to be the cynical one on this podcast. <laughs> I, I am recommending uh, this movie um, if you you know if your parents are not interested in seeing I don't know all the money in the world. <laughs> Jumanji too. I don't know. It just this you know it, it's a crowd pleasing family you know film. That's that's what it what is. What would you say though um, between that and Wonder? Wonder first, right? Oh, God, yeah, Wonder, Wonder, yeah. all the way. I haven't seen Wonder yet. Go see Wonder. Wonder is uh, so much better than it had any right to be. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Um, I wish Greatest Showman was as good as Wonder, and it could, like, rise above the expectations and the premise of what it was setting out to do and actually achieve something a little bit deeper and, you know, ultimately just better, more affecting. You know, Wonder made, Wonder brought me to tears. Jesus. Oh, now I'm thinking about it again. In any event, though, uh, so we're both five out of ten. Um, I do think it will get in for a song uh, at the very least. Um, there is a world where, you know, costumes, it gets in for costumes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that. But it's going to depend on how much this is, like, really um, in the Academy's mind while they're voting. I mean, obviously, it's a late-breaking film, so it might just be hitting at the right time where – People do remember it when they're filling out their ballots. So I could see it landing in more categories than just song. I could see the costumes. Um, I can't see production design um, and maybe a sound mixing because, you know, musical. Right. <laughs> Musicals get into sound mixing. That's just the yeah. way it is. So <laughs> other than that, though, um, I don't see much else for it. Uh, okay. Deanne, where can I find you on the Internet? You can find me at TweedledeeD33 on Twitter. And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much for listening to our review of The Greatest Showman on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, and on CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Nothing less than five stars is ever acceptable. And we will see you all next time. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.